This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to, on a more personal scale, a, a more micro form of management. What is that called? Micro Jimmy. Boom. Yes. It's Mike Shope. What is your name, sir? I am Bill Butlicker. And the Bulldog. Really? That's your real name? How dare you? My family built this country, by the way. It's Mike Shope. The three words I would describe you as is aggressive, yes. hostile, and definitely difficult. And the Bulldog. Well, I like the sound of your voice. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Hi again, everybody. Mike Shope here. Bulldog is out of the country. I would like to say he's on assignment or something cool. He's on vacation. I mean, that's going to be cool, too. So we don't have Bulldog this week, but um, I'm glad to have you along nonetheless. And I'm also glad to welcome Mike Renner back to the show on the Western Hotline. Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike. Mike, I'm seeing from Twitter, you and Sam living it up kind of in Indianapolis. It looks like it's been a pretty good week already. It has. The guys haven't even tested yet, and we're already uh, rising up draft boards here. Yes. How, how is this week for you in terms of, like, getting information, talking to people around the league? How does it compare with, say, the week of the Super Bowl? Uh, I think it's a lot better, truthfully. Like, you have – this is the one spot where you actually have NFL front offices and, you know, player personnel stuff, like actual uh, scouting staff and coaching staff here. So it's like a pure uh, NFL con- convention. So it, it really is the best place to network, get news, whatever this week is in. More scouts and football people, so to speak, and fewer, uh, you know, celebrities, <laughs> I guess, there you go. this yeah, week. Okay. It's perfect. It's, it's perfect. All right, so um, I want to get I want to get to the Bills here, but not first necessarily. You know, top of the draft is, is a good place to start. It was great for those of us who love to analyze the draft and talk about it that Chicago ended up at one and not Houston. If it's Houston, then it's simply a matter, I think, of which quarterback. But the Bears have all this power here, Mike. How do you how do you think they plan to use it? Yeah, the intrigue is great with who are they going to trade it to. And now you get the wrench kind of thrown in with the Jalen Carter news today. And, you know, if the allegations are true, there's no way he's going in the top five of this draft after that. So, uh, you know, as the Bears stand, it's really, you know, there's one position player you want. And if you're the Chicago Bears, it's Will Anderson now. And after him, there's really a big tier, a big drop-off. So uh, I think they will trade the pick. Uh, I feel pretty confident in that. And I think 
where that ends up going to uh, is going to dictate a lot because you have a lot of teams, whether it's the Texans, the Colts, the Raiders, Panthers, Titans, all right now, really could be in that quarterback market. I was talking yesterday with a guest about this. Is it right that, like, so you have Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and you have, you know, those two guys, and then I I guess I kind of thought maybe there was a tear break. You might tell me different with Richardson and Levis. It feels like the more quarterbacks that hold up as worthy, arguably, of the first pick, like that's that's worse for the Bears. Teams like the Raiders maybe can think they don't need the trade-up, or Indianapolis, of course, Carolina, I guess. I guess the, the right question first is how do you see it? Like how many guys do you think, knowing that there's still this week yet to happen, three of those guys are going to throw, um, how many good candidates are there for 101 as among the quarterbacks? Yeah, so that's kind of the best part about this class is that the quarterback position, there's really four guys at the top who, depending on what you value, and uh, you could have as quarterback one in this draft. So it really is in the eye of the beholder who you're going to want at the top of this class. Um, and the way I see it, how I would stack them, is that I think Bryce Young's in his own tier, truthfully. I, I think he is, as a prospect, as good of an on-field performer as I can at the collegiate level. It's just the size. You know, he's just going to be small. But I think we've seen enough quarterbacks that you can overcome that at the NFL level. Um, after him, uh, I, do, I would stack it. Will Levis next, DJ Stroud, and then Anthony Richardson. But those guys are all kind of uh, in that – in that sort of tier of there's got things have to change. Like there's some aspects of their game that have to improve, have to differ at the NFL level. You have to develop guys like that, that aren't as safe. I wouldn't say as a guy like Bryce Young. So uh, that's really going to be how this quarterback is quarterback is evaluated by the NFL is really going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And so you have those four names. I think I've probably got, the team's right, not that I have them all necessarily, but Houston, Indianapolis, Raiders, either way, like if they end up at Aaron Rodgers, maybe not. Like who are the teams for you that are after the Texans and the Colts at least, like the, the ones you're, you'd be least surprised if they made the trade up? I think it's the Panthers. And truthfully, the team I would say is maybe desperate to go in there too is the Tennessee Titans, just because you're jumping a division rival is the biggest thing there. Even the Tennessee Titans, you can't let Bryce Young and Trevor Lawrence get into your division. You know, yep. you are behind the eight ball then if you're the Tennessee Titans. So those are probably the other teams I mentioned. Okay, yeah, Tennessee. I don't think a lot about them, but they have the eleventh pick. That's high enough, maybe, where they could uh, pull that off. Mike Renner of PFF. All right, so that's the quarterback situation. We've got the Bills at twenty-seven. I mean, at twenty-seven, you kind of have to see what happens there for a while. This has been the way it's been a good problem, if you will, for the Bills for a couple of years now. If you were they, how would you be looking at round one? I think you really are kind of in a unique opportunity to look at best player available at a number of different positions. You have a very talented roster, um, one that's obviously very close to winning uh, Super Bowl. So I would be looking at guys who you think can make an impact right away, trending more towards the NFL-ready guys who can really play next season rather than maybe high-end projects that might not get until year three. And so we might have here holes on, on defense that – We've, I'm sorry, everybody. It's just so loud where you are, Mike. Uh, holes on defense that we haven't had before, whether Tremaine Edmonds leaves or Jordan Powell, Jordan Poyer, excuse me, different things like that. 
Um, I, I, I take it by your comments. I mean, that should be under consideration for the Bills. If they lose a starter or even with the players they have, um, defensive side of the ball, maybe there's a good idea there. Yeah, I, I do think if one of the safeties falls to you, there's two safeties in this class that I'd probably consider in the first round, one being Ryan Branch from Alabama. Um, I think he's one of the safer picks in this draft, one of the more NFL-rate players in this draft class. And then the other one being Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M. You get one of those two guys to fall to you, uh, you know, how important safety is to that defense, I would not be surprised if they pull the trigger there. Let's talk about wide receivers. So this is like maybe last year where you have – Maybe not as many, though. Some number of wide receivers you'd expect to get picked before it's the Bills. How do you like their position for a receiver at 27? I just don't think one of the top four guys is going to make it there. There, there to me, in this class, are probably six pass catchers that you feel good about going in round one. They're Quinn Johnson from TCU, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, um, Dave Flowers from Boston College, Jordan Addison from USC as wide receivers, and then tight ends Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Uh, and Dalton Kincaid from Utah. I don't think any of those guys, though, unfortunately, make it to the back end of the first round, which is how many wide receivers we've seen hit the ground running and really impact offenses. Uh, I think it's a very premium position that's only gaining more steam around the NFL in terms of the willingness to draft those guys highly. Right. Round two, then, this is like last year, isn't it? (laughs) Whether that's Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, I mean, is that a better fit, maybe? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for... And that's probably what they would be looking for is a high-end slot type of guy. And so they're in luck in this draft class. There's a lot of them. Okay. Uh, and Josh Downs is the guy who very well could be there at the back end of round two just because the size you know, isn't up to you know, a lot of teams cut off, a lot of teams you know, what they want at that position, just being a little over 5'9 and 180 pounds. But the guy can run routes out of slot in the sleep. So if he's there back end of round two, and I'd even consider in this class maybe moving up a touch if he passed on wide receiver in the first to get one of those real good slot guys in the second round. Okay, so you like safety. Receiver may not be, might might not fall the way the Bills would want it. How about uh, offensive line in this draft, Mike? I mean, the Bills seem to have a need up there. Maybe not not every position, but it sort of struggled last year. I would think they want to address that. I believe Brandon Bean even said as much yesterday. Is this a good draft for that? I don't think it is, truthfully, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of guys overdrafted. Uh, and the worry I have with this class is that there's not a lot of guys I would point to and say, you know, year one, they can be, you know, at least an average starter. Right? I think all these guys have such flaws that you're hoping it's year two, year three, that they become impact starters on your roster. So um, if I were to look anywhere, I do think this, if any position along the offline line is good at center, which obviously maybe doesn't go great with the uh, Buffalo Bills, but you could maybe transition one of those guys like a John Michael Schmidt from Minnesota or Joe Tippmann from Wisconsin. They could also play guard as well. I think they're that good. So those are the guys I'd probably be looking at and probably probably towards second, third round if you're looking at interior offensive line. Okay. Mike, before we wrap up, I want to spend a little time with you on on running back. Um, I want you to know I'm sort of keen to the ongoing discussion every year about the value of running backs. I think it's been really interesting, and I tend to side on, uh, yeah, you know, I I don't want to draft one early. The Bills have done, you know, some of that, not in round one, but they've certainly spent day two picks on running back. The first name, of course, is Bijan Robinson. What's your, you know, it's tough to get this right maybe, but your prediction 
for Robinson. You you would know something about how the league is looking at him, special prospect, but you know the sort of the the way the league sort of looks down at running backs in terms of value. Where does that leave him? I still think he's first rounder. Uh, I would be very surprised if he wasn't. I think he could go as high as eight to the Falcons. Uh, I mean, they are a team that last year with a running back by committee were the run heaviest team in the NFL. Uh, you know, that's Arthur Smith. That's what he does. He, he is going to run the ball first. So B. John Robinson. And when you do that, that's, that's when a guy like that could still be valuable. You know, when you are that committed and it's the basis of everything else you do offensively, well, then, yeah, you want a Derrick Henry back there. You want a guy back there uh, that's really going to change the calculus for opposing defenses. So he goes high as eight. Um, if we're looking towards the back end around one, I think fits like the Chargers, fits like even the Ravens, if they do retain Lamar, would be very good just because, uh, you know, adding those guys to offenses like that, I think just takes it up to another level. So I don't advocate for a lot of teams drafting running backs. I think if you're drafting a running back highly to give you a running game, that is more often than not a fool there, and then it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I do think once you have that off the line in place, once that is the case, you can draft a game changer highly because it takes you to that next level that really is difficult to stop. Boy, Atlanta does make a lot of sense. I mean, Mike, they had games last year, they were down three, four touchdowns and still running the clock out. You know, the game in Cincinnati that they lost was like, you might want to throw the ball here, but the yeah. Falcons just were, were loath to do that. Eight's not too high then, because I think the team is a, is a great idea um i'm not saying i would do it myself i'm saying i, I think that's very or a very strong possibility given what the falcons want to do okay yeah it makes sense the coaching point makes a lot of sense how good is jameer gibbs i think he's the second best running back in this class I, I think he's a not to really throw shade here but i think he's like a better souped up version of james cook you know they're very similar backs coming out but gibbs obviously is already shown he can handle full workload uh already you know, proven to be a consistent home run threat at a top school like Alabama being the lead guy that really they haven't had in a while there. You know, they, they haven't had those guys that can really take it to the house. They're more trend towards the bigger backs, and he's the first one to really have that home run speed. So uh, I think he goes in the range of where we saw Brees Hall, where we saw Kenneth Walker come off the board, maybe not in the first round, but top of the second. Mm-hmm. Still top 50 picks. I, I think that's what you're looking at with a guy like Gibbs. That's Jonathan Taylor in his draft and, and DeAndre Swift as well. All right. Uh, I've read that this is a deep running back class. What What is that going to amount to, if you agree? Like if I've got some number of guys that get that they bleed into Saturday, um, are teams going to, I guess, generally feel like these are guys who could play important roles as rookies? I mean, I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase a question about where the cutoff might be. Like how many guys in this draft – where, where they get picked, you know, might become mm-hmm. relevant as rookies. I think you're going to, as you said, they're into Saturday. There's going to be guys who are like what Damian Pierce was last year. And Damian Pierce mm-hmm. obviously fit that bill. He felt he bled into the day three with the top of the fourth round pick. But I, I would love if I have a early fourth rounder, I would love that pick to be a running back. Just because this class, when there's so many, they can't all go second and third. You know, enough teams have bought into the analytics and say, you know, we're not going to waste premium picks on running backs to where you'll get starters uh, in that area. Uh, so I, I, I do think this is a great year to be in need of a running back, whether it is free agency or the draft. Do you have a favorite or two from the like down the list a little bit? I mean, Charbonnet might not be far enough down. Tajay Spears was good at the was at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot of names I've, I've heard a lot of hype about. 
the the guy I like the most who's really kind of off the radar right now uh, and really hasn't I've seen getting gassed up because all like you said all the guys you kind of mentioned are already getting their tires pumped a little bit. But Dwayne McBride out of UAB uh, to me he reminds me of a kind of a souped up Devin Singletary and he's really light in his feet, really nimble, really good at breaking tackles. But then he has better size than Singletary. He has a little more explosiveness than Singletary. Like a lot of the positives of Singletary just make him more positive, and that's what you got in a guy like Dwayne McBride. So uh, he's a guy who, again, probably fits that bill of maybe not going to go second, third round because who wants to be the, the dummy who takes the UAB running back in the second who does nothing, <laughs> you know, a small school back. But I think once he gets later on the draft, I still think he's going to be a player in the league. All right. McBride is a new name for me. I like it. Mike, thanks a lot for your time. For sure. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay. You're, you're welcome. Mike Renner of PFF at PFF underscore Mike. Do we get all that? It was loud. <laughs> I don't know. I hope he wasn't. I hope he wasn't mad. After I said it, he, I don't know, stopped walking in into the wind or whatever changed after that. So, um, anyway, yeah, like it. It's there's two me's on this. the The fantasy me is okay. Tell me about Dwayne McBride. Okay, tell me about Tajay Spears. Okay, tell me about Eric Gray and ten to twenty other names of running backs like that. You know who end up who could end up being drafted round five or so, and we'll see. Like he mentioned Pierce with Houston, that's that's a good point. Algier with Atlanta, out of BYU, I think he was. These, these mid-range guys can end up in situations where their team is expecting a lot, or at least the door is open for that. And the Bills with Singletary and Moss, and then to an extent Cook, also like day two running backs, the door was certainly open to those players. You know, not the the pressure of a first-round pick, few as there are running backs picked in the first round where, you know, it like has to, that's what I'd be scared of. Like it just has to be that that player is a centerpiece of the offense or else he shouldn't have done it. Like Pittsburgh with Najee Harris, like, it still it still baffles me. It does it doesn't baffle me that it happens. It just I don't know. I I know how f- these guys these guys think and how they talk, and so it's not baffling at all. But it really shouldn't. It sh- it should be it should be thrown out of the room. You know, when there's a meeting, NFL personnel, and they're talking about a okay. Maybe Harris is different than Bijan Robinson, but like an okay running back prospect. Somebody needs to throw that idea out before it gets legs and they end up doing it. Same with ETN in Jacksonville. Like eat the same draft two years ago. ETN was to me a much more exciting idea of a player, but there's Jacksonville with James Robinson on the team and like a lot of other holes. They were really bad. They had the first pick in that draft. That's the Lawrence year, I think. They pick Lawrence. And so, um, I don't know. It's just like a You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bad idea. The Bills. So Robinson, we had a caller last hour who kind of laid this out. Like Robinson out of Texas seems to be so excellent as a prospect that You'd be tempted, I I should be tempted, I think, to compromise this running back point. But it's just, I still think, even at 27, you would, you would be committing yourself to a different offense, to a different distribution here. You know, you could tell me, though, like... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not hedging on this. I'm just tr- talking to myself here and thinking that that kind of an adjustment in the Bills' offense may be coming. Because here, you know, you, you're, I'm making the point all the time about receiver and just how they they didn't have enough. They they didn't get the big year out of Davis. He was there. It wasn't terrible. It just was okay. And then after that, as we talk about all the time in here, there they were searching. It was McKenzie, and then maybe it was going to be Crowder, but then he got hurt. So then maybe it's Shakir, but he didn't play, and then it's just Brown and Beasley ultimately. They were really searching, so you'd think they would want to do that. But one way to figure that out is to use less of a third receiver and maybe be more, dare I say it, run-oriented. And so um, I don't want that for the Bills, but if they don't get to – a better place at receiver. Who knows what happens even like with Diggs? Um, like you want Davis to be a little bit more consistent, maybe a lot more. You, you've got to – you want to have as many weapons as you can get on a team like this, on any team, but on a team with a real chance to win. And so I, I'm always thinking receiver over running back. Uh, but Robinson is the kind of guy where I – mean, you're, you're already hearing it a lot. The team's drafting late. If he were able to make it, he'll he'll be one of the most interesting things about this first round. It's not even like the the Harris and ETN year, where if they do pick a running back in the first round or if they don't, really, what's the difference? Last year, no one did. There was not really that guy like this. So that'll be a fun storyline to watch. In Atlanta, I like it and I don't. I don't want to, like Mike said about it, the idea was his idea. It's like, I wouldn't do it. And no... Uh, I wouldn't do it either. Also, I wouldn't do it because they don't have quarterback yet figured out in Atlanta. And they drafted skill position guys in the top 10, I think, the last two years with Kyle Pitts and then with uh, Drake London. So it seems like kind of a waste. Like those guys have been, frankly, on a team where they can't get the ball to them often enough to make a dent. How is the running back going to – like, I, I could have the running back and he might be amazing and that might be what I'm about, but then I've kind of not wasted, but I've cut into what Drake London is worth and what Pitts is worth. That, that's why, like, Atlanta works from a, a scheme standpoint, who the coach is and their philosophy. 
But just you, you don't. <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that team draft a running back in the top ten. Like they just, it seems like it would kind of be a waste. We'll see. Next to the Sabers, Paul Hamilton along to recap last night and go over some news: Darlene's injury, Tuck still out, of course, and the trade that we had for Stillman, who is in and. The media had a chance to talk to him today. Some Sabres after sports. This is Mike Shope on WGR. It's Paul Hamilton. Rob Ray joins Shope and Bulldog. Game days at 4. Howard and Jeremy welcome Marty Biron Thursday mornings at 7.30 on WGR Sports Radio 550. And there they all are right there. What's in there? Sal Capaccio's in there. Jeremy White. Shope and the Bulldog. There's Alan Davis. John and Brian Cozio. Pat Malacaro. Whole crew is in there. Really? And you know what? Paul is the only one upstairs working. The rest of the guys are on vacation. Working Paul Hamilton next here on the West Her Hotline. I'm Mike Shope. Bulldog is out of the country. Paul, have you ever been out of the country? Not including Canada? Yeah, Bulldog's on vacation, according to Rob. <laughs> he really is this time. I know he is. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, of course, was in Finland and Germany with the Sabres. Right. Um, many years ago. And, um, yes, I've done a, a European cruise. So, oh. yes, I've, I've been out of the country. And Look at you. Going to Canada is out of the country. I was actually out of the country this morning. Technically, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Alaska this summer for the first time. Have you done oh, that? I've, I've done two cruises of Alaska. Really? I just loved them. Just loved them. It was, I've, um, I've manned a dog sled. That was one of the excursions. Nice. Yes. Is there a picture? Uh, so that, Are there pictures that, of that? That was pretty cool. Yeah, you you, 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 know, you get to play with the dogs, and then uh, you know you get to man the dog. Now, of course, it's not winter time when you go, so there's actually wheels on the on the sled, you know, because you're not going through snow. Yes, but you're still doing it, you know, and it was really cool. I I I, I had a blast doing that. The Sabers just sent out an email about Friday. And so for the media to know, uh, like, the logistics, the plans for Friday, they'll have their press conference room open. What will you do Friday? Do you know yet? Like, will you be down there oh, all yeah, day? Yeah, I'll be down there. Yeah, I'm always down there. I, matter of fact, I there's a room off the press conference room where I go into my myself because I'm on the air quite often. So, you know, I don't want to bother the writers and, mm-hmm. and that type of thing. So uh, I, I've... Dug out a room for myself uh, where I can just be in there and not worry about disturbing people and that type of thing. So it's almost like my own war room that I set up. And, of course, we have the the coverage on and, and everything. And I, unfortunately, might think I'm going to be sitting there twiddling my thumbs a lot, which sometimes there are, you know, trade deadlines like that. But, God, I was talking to some scouts last night and, you know, some people have been around the NHL a lot longer than I have, and none of us have ever seen anything like this. All the you know? moves already, you mean? Yes. Yeah. And, and the big moves that have happened, it's just crazy. I, I, I mean, most of the big fish are off the board, and here we are. We, we, we still have another day to get to Friday yet. I, 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 you see a couple, but you never see it like this. What explains it? I don't know. Nobody had a good we, – we, we were kicking it around in each intermission trying to figure it out, and none of us really have a good answer because you know how it, it's gone in past years. You sit there and you sit there. All of a sudden, 2 o'clock rolls around or 2.30 rolls around for a 3 o'clock deadline, and then it starts rolling. 
and you know the NHL is really not in the 20th century yet or 21st century even and you know so you know they can't get them all done so at four o'clock trades are still rolling in even though they're done by three because they have a fax machine that can't handle it or whatever whatever their excuse is but you know how all that goes and and you know GMs are sitting there waiting till 245 come on what's your best offer now you're gonna have to up your offer that type of thing or Another GM saying, you know what, we're willing to take this player, but you're going to have to come down type of a thing. And, and it's all last minute. Well, it's it's all been first minute this year. Uh, they just, uh, I don't know if GMs just want to make sure, you know, they hear a price and they're saying, I don't know if we can do better than that. There are a lot of players on the market here. We better do this deal now or we might be sorry and have to take less or maybe we won't even get a deal done. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know, but I just have never seen anything like this. I'm not sure this is right. This is something I could figure out, probably. Mm-hmm. But maybe it is that, because a lot of these trades have had number one picks in them. Mm-hmm. And like the good the good teams, the teams who would be drafting late, Tampa, Toronto, like they're, sell, they're spending their number one picks, even in future years. And I think maybe... That would be explained a little bit by perhaps a team. I'm not sure this is right. I keep saying that. I'm sorry. The analytics might support or might give teams the sense of a greater sense of freedom to trade draft picks after like the top 10 or the Mm -hmm. top 15 of the first round. You saw Tampa send what five draft picks to Nashville in, in one trade like here, just take them. And maybe teams' willingness to part with their top picks or just a bulk of picks like that is the difference because that's what the sellers are looking for. They're looking for number ones, and so um, that could be it. Yeah, sure. And Tanner Janot, sure, that's what was a hefty price to pay for him. From the Buffalo Sabres, I'm not paying that. I totally understand why Tampa Bay is. Right. Their, Their stars are getting to be 28, 29 years old. So how much longer is this window going to be open for them? And they feel he's a player, the type of player that they need. So, yeah, he's not worth in picks unless it's worth if, – if Tampa Bay wins the Stanley Cup and he helps, it's worth it to them because they're in the, their window isn't going to be around all that much longer. So they want to win another cup. So I understand it. I don't criticize it. I, I get it. Did they overpay? No question. But I totally get why they would. As long as you win. <laughs> there have been countless trades over the years where, mm-hmm. you know, that's too much. But if you win, who cares? And, right. you know, what what you win is not always the same thing. Like for Tampa, it would be the cup. For mm-hmm. the Leafs, it they're probably thinking cup, but it would be like, let's win a round. <laughs> Which means beating Tampa, probably. Like just pr- progress. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> Do you think? I know the fans up there want to win a round, but I don't think they're going to be satisfied with that. They're going to say, yeah, great. We got a great team here. No, I don't either. Type of thing. I, I, I think once they would win a round, if, if they got eliminated after that, I think they'd still get crucified up there. I don't think I don't think satisfied, but I just mean not every team would need to win the Stanley Cup to feel like their trade was worth it. You know, mm-hmm. some teams have a, a lower would have a lower standard than that, or, or mm-hmm. might anyway. Um, and, you know, we have teams, well, let's just get to ours at some point here. This, this team hoping to end a playoff drought, you've already 
implied or even said, like you don't think much is going to happen. I'm I'm okay with that. Like I think mm-hmm. so they, they've had a good season. I would want I want to give them the, the benefit of the doubt on a couple of possible trades they might be able to pull off. Like I think their process is is good these days. But um, we, you would neither you nor I have the sense here apparently that, and maybe we would have seen it already if we were wrong that the Sabers really want to push hard. But I could see them getting in on some things if some prices came down. And there are teams that, you, you know, just, you know, let, let's use Arizona, for example. They told Arizona, that's it, we're out, you know, with Chikrin. You know, it's just too much. We're not paying that. We're out. And they moved on and, and made other deals. So they're not even in the in – the, even if prices come down, they're not in the equation anymore because they moved on and made other deals. And maybe that's what teams are afraid of too, that, you know, if you hold out and wait till trade deadline day and then other teams make other deals, maybe you're going to be left out in the cold type of a thing. So I don't know if that's what they're afraid of too. So if prices come down, because you, you, you know Kevin Adams is, is making the calls, he's doing the work, he, he knows what's going on around the league. And he's talked about many times how he he makes calls, uh, even on guys that he doesn't really have any plans on on making an offer on or anything, because he wants to know what's going on with these things. So he knows the temperature of the league. He knows what prices are being asked and those types of things. So, you know, in, in certain occasions, I think if prices come down, I think he will be interested in talking, you know, with those teams. With Paul Hamilton, the NHL trade deadline is Friday afternoon at 3 Eastern. Paul, what happened last night? Well, we uh, uh, it was interesting. I asked Don Granato today about why they beat the Bruins in Boston and what, what was it that got them over the top when nobody could beat them in Boston. And he talked about conviction and intent. He said conviction and attempt to get pucks and people to the net, play fast, and he goes, if you want to look back at last night, he goes, they, the Columbus Blue Jackets had it, and we didn't. He, and he, he said it's more will than skill, and that's why they lost. He said we, we just didn't have the intent. We didn't, we didn't have the conviction to be able to fight through it and get, get up ice. You know, yes, you didn't have Rasmus Dahlin, who certainly can, is one of the best in the NHL at transition. But the Sabers weren't willing to do those things that he called with conviction and intent to get through that transition. And I said, "Well, how do you improve it for Boston?" And he goes, "Well, it's not improving it; it's knowing the the mistakes that you made with it, and then getting back to knowing that that's how you beat Boston last time. So you're getting back to it now. Not having Darlene, of course, hurts because he's so good at it. But they certainly can be better at it than they were as a team and yeah, you know, Columbus came into the game or left the game. They're 5-2-2 two, and two in their last nine games. They've beaten Buffalo. They've beaten Toronto. They've beaten Dallas and Dallas. They've beaten Edmonton. You know, so they're playing a little bit better now than, than they had been. But I still fully believe if the Sabres show up and play their best game, they win the hockey game. Last night, yeah. Yes. Uh, Darlene's prognosis isn't great, right? He's out the week? Yeah, the rest of the week. It sounds like definitely tomorrow. But he did skate today on his own. He's back on the ice, and he did skate on his own. Um, but he's not going to go on the trip. They've figured he, he's better doing the rehab skates here than going on the trip for a one-day trip. 
Uh, so he's not going to play tomorrow. Granado did say he's not really anticipating that he'll play Saturday either. Um, so that's, you know, as he said, as a team, they're not looking to rush him back. As from Yeah, you'd like to have him back, and you're in a playoff race. But you don't want to bring him back and then have him out for, for weeks on end because you brought him back, uh, you know, a little bit too soon before he's ready type of a thing. So you, you, you got to, whatever it is the injury is, you got to be careful of that also. So um, it's not looking great for Saturday, but he is back on the ice skating, and, and that, that's a good sign. He was, he was down there. He was watching practice from the bench today. So, you know, he was, he was hanging out. So was their, their new guy. Uh, Stillman. Uh, Riley Stillman, so he was there. Actually, we got a chance to chat with him. So uh, he's still waiting on his papers and immigration. And, and Granado said whenever it is. He goes, if it's in time for tomorrow's game, he goes, I'm totally willing to put him in the lineup. He goes, he'll be fine. He goes, you know, I have no questions at all that he needs to practice or whatever. Um, you know, he's played recently, and he said, so whenever the immigration status is taken care of, he has no qualms about putting him in the lineup. Is it petty of me to hold it against him that his father scored one of the most painful <laughs> goals against the Sabres of my life? Game five in Carolina. Uh, yeah, we we talked about that. Uh, you know, because he was a kid running around the dressing room back then. Kevin Adams remembered him, you know, from then. <laughs> and, you know, the little kid running around folding towels and and doing all that kind of stuff and. Actually, you, you don't think of it this way. He goes, yeah, my dad did play with Jeff Skinner. They were on the same team together. <laughs> yeah. So. I haven't fully. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I, I still hold it a little bit against Adams that this happened back 17 years ago. But I know you've talked to him about it, different different things about that. So my favorite uh, thing about Adams' career is that he played for the Leafs in the '99 Eastern Final against the yeah, Sabers. Didn't you talk to him about a penalty or something yes. he took in that? Yes, and he yes. he didn't. I don't think he remembered the play, but he remembered a lot about like the experience, like the game and everything. I'm not sure mm-hmm. he remembered the play, but the play was, it was in Buffalo, so game three, I guess, 
and he came across the front of the net and and knocked Hashik down, and you know mm-hmm. got got a interference penalty for running Dom over or just like bumping him barely, and he Hashik fell. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I mean, Jeff Skinner is a middle aged hockey player. I don't consider him old. And here, here we are sitting there talking to some hockey player who's talking about, yeah, my father played with Jeff Skinner. I'm like, sure. Where, really? <laughs> oh, that's fun. You want to spend a night with hockey reference and just connect. How many guys do you need to go back to, like, Sill Apps or somebody? Like, just, uh-huh. you know, Eddie Shore. I wonder if and you could do it. And then he said, I can't wait to get some good stories from Skinner about my dad. <laughs> it's it's like a it's like the the Kevin Bacon game. You go back like almost through go back to Joe Malone. Find a path to Joe Malone with somebody playing in the league now. You're gonna use Yager. You know you're gonna use Yager in here. Uh yeah. you know, or a couple of these goalies that played forever. People have done this. I don't know. Like I could, Craig Anderson. <laughs> yeah, even Craig Anderson, that's right. Um time is almost up here, but just quickly, Thompson's on pace for fifty six, Paul. Yeah. I, I I suppose he has the outside chance to get to sixty. Sure. You know, I, with him, you don't doubt him. So, uh, yeah, I, we, we, we're, somebody asked me today, what's the, you know, how many did McGillney have? I said 76. I don't know if Thompson will ever score 76. But that's a, that's a tall order. I mean, this is good, but, though. This but is good. I think, I think one day, I don't think 60 is out of the question for him. 56 is the pace if he plays all 82 or all the rest of the games, anyway. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he, if he has missed one or not, but he's got 41 at this, at this stage after last night. Paul, thanks. Take care. Coverage of the NHL trade deadline, which is Friday, once again, brought to you by Outlet Liquor. You're placed to buy a case. George Urban Boulevard in Depew, Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Break, quick minute or two to talk, then the update, and then Chris Trapasso, NFL draft. That comes your way in about 15 minutes. So uh, stay tuned. Bulldog is off this week. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Flat out excited for the next couple of days. Trade deadline in hockey, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's been a lot of action. Paul and I just discussing how unusual it is, how many moves there have been made. I'm not sure my first pick take holds up, but that's how it looks to me. Otherwise, there, what would be the explanation for the amount of action so far? Um, there might, There would be a reason, probably. doesn't have to be, but there probably is. Also, the combine stuff. I mean, the Jalen Carter news is pretty big. Talking to Mike Renner of PFF, he's like, that probably does affect where he goes. He could have been the first overall pick. We'll see what the ramifications are of that. He's saying in a statement that he'll be exonerated, uh, we'll see, with Carter. But can't wait to see. I guess it won't be while I'm on the air, but Saturday when the quarterbacks go and just how the, the consensus board or whatever, the conversation moves around those guys. Mike Renner would put, he said, Bryce Young on his own level. Um, But Richardson is really the one I want to see out of Florida. And again, we're going to have the conversations about, well, there's a lot of tools, a lot of talent, great runner, but are they accurate? Can they actually read the defense and make the throws to the spot? All of that, these same sort of familiar conversations about a couple of these athletes here coming out. But the next two days, plus we might get, you know, free agent news around the NFL. That's only a couple of weeks out from the official start of free agency, but players being cut already. And I still think we're, we're due a couple from the Bills. Uh, Hines, I think, is obvious, but we'll see if that happens. I think McKenzie 
make sense too for the Bills in terms of cuts, try to get under the salary cap. Who knows when any of that is going to break? We already had the Leslie Frazier announcement uh, yesterday. We'll talk about the draft and the combine some more with Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports. That's after the update. This is Mike Shope here on WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.